A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the Lorehounds, your guides to Manchester. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage for Season 3 of Apple TV Plus's original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll be sharing our favorite laugh-out-loud moments before breaking down the three main storylines of Episode 11, Mom City. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of May. Uh, a note about our Patreon. If you want ad-free episodes, uh, exclusive content, uh, and more, visit us at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We're working on a little bit of a subscription drive for our one-year anniversary. We're going to have some more details about that at the end of the podcast. Um, but if you're uh, enjoying our content and been thinking about it, you know, head over there, head over to patreon.com and uh, give us a sign-up. If not, and you still want to throw us uh, some support, uh, give us a rating or a review. Uh, ratings and reviews really do help us uh, in the uh, league of podcasts. And uh, they give us warm fuzzies as well. So uh, one way or the other, we would always appreciate your support. And we're hoping you're enjoying our content. Another reminder, for this season of Ted Lasso, we're doing a short form recap. So to make these podcasts a little more fun, we're asking for your help to break down the episodes. Send in your favorite laugh out loud moments, any comments or any questions on any of the plot lines we haven't covered. You can send emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website. And over there, there's a voicemail feature. You can just click record and we can uh, splice your audio straight into our um, recording. Or there's a contact form and you can leave us a quick message and we'll get to those in the next episode. Speaking of the next episode, John, it's the last episode of the series. It I know. Is the Finale, finale. I am sad, too. I don't um, think I'm ready for it to leave. And I'm mm. not sure I'm convinced that this needed to be the last season. Mm. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk about that here in a second. Yeah. Um, I, what I wanted to say, though, was send in your season or your series wrap up thoughts. Season episode, season series wrap up. We're doing it all in one. So if you've got stuff to say, now is the time to say it. Did you hate Nate? Did you Were you down for his redemption arc? Um, do, are you still confused about why Ted spat tea all over Rebecca at the end of season one? I still don't <laughs> understand that joke. Um, bring it all uh, next uh, episode, and we hopefully will have a little bit of a supersized episode. And we'll talk about all of our thoughts and feelings for this heartwarming show that I think, yes, we're all going to miss. 
So John, you say you're not ready for this. I'm not ready. I think that they should have taken their time a little bit more. And and I think part of it is just Jason Sudeikis wanted to be done with it, and that's fine. Fair enough. Um, I think that two seasons where one of them was dedicated to a full Nate Redemption arc would have been better for me. Yeah. But I can't go back and change that, so we got no. what we got, and I'm going to try to enjoy it. <laughs> right. And what I am make- enjoying it. I'm enjoying it profoundly. I okay. just, I had quibbles. You know, I have mm-hmm. quibbles on pacing. I have quibbles on on sort of the plot mapping. But other than that, I think it's a, it's still a great show. It's still very wholesome. It's still, you know, I walk home. It's like, it's, it's an after school special for adults. I think I've called it. <laughs> yes, I still exactly. walk home with a lesson. I walk home seeing echoes of my own life in the characters. I mm. walk home, you know, understanding myself a little better. And it's doing all those things extremely well as it always does. So my complaints are minor. My joy is great. Let's wrap the season up and wrap this series up on a good note. Right. Um, I think you're right. For me, this is a classic Ted Lasso episode. It was long on the feels and a little bit short on the, the plot details. And you can see that sometimes in the fandom and fan reactions. You know, people on our Discord were like, oh, I was crying. We were crying our eyes out. We were <laughs> yeah. watching it. Oh, my yeah. Lord. And then other people were like, oh, I don't know about the Nate arc. But at the same time, I don't think anybody is not being affected by the show. Except um, Alan Seppenwall. That guy yeah. hates it. <laughs> well, Alan, I mean, Alan consumes so much television. I know. Um, it's it's insane. I, I, we have no idea even what people are throwing at him that he's not even writing about. So, <laughs> right. you know, right. I, I get it. I get it. It can be tough being a critic. Um, that said, yeah, this episode was wild. It was about mom relationships. It's about forgiveness. Uh, it also really spoke to me in the experience of being a parent, even though I've only got a uh, seven-year-old and not a forty-seven-year-old. Right. Um, but it's still, you know, there was a lot of, of stuff. The poem that May read, all of those things, really um, go to the heart of what it is to uh, have parents and to be a parent. Um, but at the end of the day. The real MVP of this episode was uh, the masked Canadian Van Dam. <laughs> I don't I know how many goals on shots on goal he blocked, but he was uh, stellar. In that, he was uh, the hero. He uh, was the that, hero. That they they almost got him a lot of times. Oh man, it was brilliant. Can brilliant I ask you goal. something? Do you know enough about the Premier League to tell me was that the real coach of Man City? I believe so. I believe DJ Miwa in our Discord. Um, was saying that they actually brought Pep on, and that's okay. The, that's the real because because I I looked up a picture and I thought it was him, but I needed somebody to confirm, so I wasn't an idiot just saying it's the same person. Yeah, uh, DJ uh, Miwa definitely. If uh, if you've got any insights on uh, the coach for Man City, we would love to to hear him. So this is a solicited email request. Uh, All right, but Seems yeah, like a nice guy. If that's really him. Yeah, Maybe if I get into the Premier League, I'll go for Man City as my team. <laughs> That's right. I think I'm a de facto Arsenal fan, uh, supporter because I okay. lived in Finsbury Park with a, at a, a buddy of mine's house when I li- worked in London for a while. Okay. So I think, uh, you know, barring, you know, all things being equal, I think I have to go Arsenal. Gooners. Okay. Go Gooners. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was watching the episode a little bit before we jumped on the mics. And watching some, even though the production values on the actual football matches are are pretty hokey, the green screen action is not great. Um, 
still there was some, you know, they did some stuff. They were out there with the, with the ball kicking around, doing some things. I was like, oh man, soccer, football is really, it is a beautiful sport. And it is really amazing to see when the action is hot and things are moving. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible sport. And I don't know, I, I kind of almost feel like I want to, I don't know if I should try to watch some, you know, games or not. I mean, I always, we love watching the World Cup, men and Uh women's World Uh Cups for sure. Um, And uh, maybe, you know, in the Premier League in the finals or something. I always enjoy the finale, you know, uh, um, playoff season. So maybe I'll, I'll start paying attention when it comes time for the playoffs. My question for myself is, do I like football or do I like watching characters that I care about succeed? Well, that is icing on the cake, isn't it? Right. Like, that is that is. just the thing I like? Is it, mm-hmm. is, it, is it the character drama and not the sport? I don't know. Maybe I yeah. should just try, and then if I hate it, then I hate it. There but anyway, go. enough about fandoms that I don't need because I have too many already. <laughs> it's tough enough trying to track Star Wars, Wheel of I Time, know. Lord of the Rings. Uh, what else do we cover? It's too much. Everything. Yeah, and you're everything. not even doing the MCU. Everything. I'm not so. in the MCU. I, I've abandoned that ship. So yeah. let's talk about our laugh out loud moments. David, what do you got? Uh, Manchesterians. <laughs> Manchesterians? That was good. That was so good. That, was, uh, that reminded me of in The Office. I know you didn't watch The Office, but there's a thing in The Office where they're debating what the, the, a person from Afghanistan is called, and they land on Afghanistanannies. Oh, God. And uh, it just, it always makes me laugh. And, and this right. was similar. Yeah. And for Mancunians, it has to be chalk, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard when somebody yeah. says something like that. <laughs> and I'm sure the writer's room were having a great time and it was it was great fun. There was a lot of good Manchester stuff in here. We had a song by the Buzzcocks, uh, one, probably mm-hmm. one of their uh, more popularly known songs. And they're from the, you know, the whole Manchester music scene uh, okay. from the greater Manchester area. Uh, so yeah, it was good. It was it, it, I, I, the scene where um, the three little kids were given Roy. And, oh yeah, uh, Jamie. <laughs> We're giving them guff. You know, they're being real good men. You know, uh, uh, Mancusian sort of. You know, giving them the what for, and and Roy grades them on their performance. It's like, oh yeah, yeah good job, guys. Good yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah. So really, really fun. Uh, you know, poking fun at uh, Manchester, and and so yeah. Uh, that was my laugh out moment. Yeah, my laugh out loud moment. What was yours? Mine was the Roy and Keeley posters. <laughs> the reveals were perfect. I yes. mean, the hair on Roy. Oh my god! And I love the whole Roy Kent always stays. And then Keeley's just next to him on the wall. <laughs> and uh, the reveal of that was perfect too. With yeah, the door swinging open, and yeah. there she was, and in, in sort of her sexy football. Okay. Who'd have thought that your ex and your next and her next are on um <laughs> are on your childhood bedroom wall? And you're sitting on their bed. <laughs> oh my god, it's weird. so it's so weird. So many levels of weird. Yeah. All right, David. Are you ready to talk about the plot outline? Yeah. I, I almost felt like this could have been one where we could have gone uh uh credits to credits and, and I know. so much there was so much. And it was but hard to pick a laugh shows. out. <laughs> a loud moment as well because there were so many cute little ones all the way through, right. you know? Uh, so yeah, we've got to, we got to break it down in some way though. So let's, let's do the outline. Right. All right. Nate and Jade are first waiting tables at taste of Athens. Nate is approached by Isaac, Colin and will about coming back to Richmond. 
Though he initially appears excited, Nate declines the offer when he learns that Ted doesn't know. After watching a Richmond game on TV, Nate is fired by Derek because of Jade's blackmail. (laughs) Nate then decides to go back to Richmond and writes Ted a 60-page apology letter. While he's making edits, Coach Beard appears at at his door menacingly. Uh, He tells Nate how he met Ted and got a second chance and tells him to be at training at 10 a.m. on Monday. Uh, The 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 manager putting his little Coke mirror away. I know, I know. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I was watching that with guy. my wife. She goes, is that cocaine? Yes, it's definitely <laughs> cocaine. I thought he was going to offer him the, the, the mirror. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't one of Beard's loafs of meth. No, <laughs> a loaf of meth. Yeah, a loaf of well. meth. That was so mm. funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a lot of great comedy in this. I'm going to just say up front, and I'm not going to complain about it after this, I do not buy that the same team yes. that com- that lost their minds hating this right. guy and threw a match hating this guy was suddenly u- voting unanimously to take him back the minute he was down on his luck. Don't buy it. I don't buy it. It does not make sense. There was no debate. There was no, you know, I... If they had had like a locker room scene, you know what? This episode was super sad. They have no excuse to not include this. If they had had a a locker room scene where they were like had a conversation. Yeah. And they all said, you know, like we've all, you know, Jamie, maybe they relate to Jamie, right? They go, oh, you know, we, we, Jamie turned his back on us and we still took him back and look where he is now. He's our star. We love Mm -hmm. him. That's one thing. I didn't get to see that and they didn't earn it. They did not earn the scene. That's my complaint. I, I instantly thought of you when uh, when that whole <laughs> scene was was going down, and I was wondering how how pyro, how how hot your pyroclastic flow oh, was boy. going to be. That phrase has been uttered in my presence too much this week. <laughs> um, and I agree. They spent a lot of time on a lot of stuff this season, and uh, you know, I think, and like I said at the top of the episode, this is real par for the course for Ted Lasso. There were some big plot lines that they opened up in season mm-hmm. two that they just never really followed through on or, or connected. They just sort of let them adrift. And that's kind of what the show does. So I yeah. come to expect it. That said, I don't want to let, and I'm a big Nate, you know, I got a lot lot of love for Nate and a lot of love for Nate and Jade, and I'm definitely down for a redemption arc, but I absolutely agree with you that they could have done a minimum one scene setup on this to say, hey, you know, where's the motivation? Where's the reasoning? Where's the the hook? He left one note. Like that was yeah. it. All he needed yeah. to do was leave one note, and and the, it could have been a huge part of the team's evolution in terms of forgiveness, of second chances, of uh, seeing past somebody who's hurt and then hurt people, and then going, oh, right. "Okay, you're not you're not innately malicious and evil. You were going through something, and we can see on the other side that you're actually." Not a malicious evil person. Right. You're just you're dealing with something. So hey, here's our you know, let's do the whole forgiveness thing and let's start over. It it, it could have been a huge part of what right. the show does, and it could have been a two minute scene. It could have been a two minute scene, and 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 it, it's it felt like a little bit of a miss. So I agree. Yeah. All right. With that complaint out of the way, otherwise I thought this arc was great. Uh, um, we have I, to talk about Beard, right? 
Right. Well, that, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting <laughs> okay, there. That's right. what I thought was great was this whole beard thing. Now, could we complain about the fact that they hid this for three seasons and suddenly pulled it out at a convenient time? Sure. <laughs> you know, I was just watching a show where they said, all right, telekinesis powers conveniently activate. And I was like, <laughs> I was just thinking Perfect. about, um, you know, Ted Lasso of, of we conveniently pulled out the Nate, the, the beard backstory when we needed it for right. Nate. Fine. Right. Uh, but the backstory I think was very meaningful. And I think mm-hmm. that it, it, it works. tells a lot about beard. Yeah. It's not out of line with this character mm-hmm. and it did force beard to sort of confront himself and the, the anger he was holding. And I, I like how many times people went fudge or the other one, uh, this episode when Ted sort of laid a truth bomb on them. Mm. And uh, and Beard just going, now I have to go be the bigger person. And I hate being the bigger person. (laughs) So, yeah, it was I I agree. I think it it comports very much to what we've seen of Beard, the crazy party stuff that he can get up to, the way that he can find that kind of trouble. And, you know, wherever they go, he can find uh, a bunch of hippies in a, a VW bus who are loaded with drugs and go do uh, piggy stardust and <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that we got some insight into, you know, why this guy is here and, and what he was about. If we have any horror movie buffs, I want to know, is there a scene in a Freddy Krueger movie where he stands in the apart in an apartment doorway like that? Like mm. Beard did. Oh, good call. Because we had that whole thing about how terrifying Freddy Krueger was, and then you mm-hmm. just have Beard standing there like a horror movie villain. Right. And it was. It was like when Nate went out in the hallway, it was like, whoa, oh, God, that yeah. was scary. And he, but and he Beard, opens the door. <laughs> his eyes were like super dilated, and they had the makeup yeah. on him really weird. Yeah, he, he looks terrifying. So Yeah. They did a great job with that scene. I like that he makes like he's going to headbutt him. He just puts his head adam you know he he says you know this is this is to honor how ted treated me right and i like that i yeah. like that a lot it was it was very much in line with that he got I a gift like from that. ted and he's he's uh, acknowledging the truth of that gift right uh by being that yeah it's it's so it's so barbecue sauce it's not even funny i know which is his wi-fi password we yes were. exactly um <laughs> the other thing i really like was Nate could have been all, Jade, why'd you get me fired? Mm. But he actually very maturely blows past it and mm. just says, oh, it's crazy. I was devastated. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you were saying. I'm going to go back to Richmond. I think that that was a very mature moment for him. And I, I did laugh at the 60-page apology letter. That was right. pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Who was it? Somebody uh, we had, was it feedback a couple of weeks ago or was it on the Discord? Somebody called this, um, you know, uh, Roy and Nate uh, being um, head coaches uh, or, you know, whatever the final configuration. I do not want Nate as the head coach. (laughs) And then uh, Ted going back to the United States. And it's clearly, Mm -hmm. clearly what's happening here. But that's a whole, we're we're not there yet. Um, But yeah, I think it's been brewing that this has been, is where we've been going. I do have to say... um, Nate being the clueless dolt that he wa- is <laughs> when Jade said that she'd like to have some nuts. While oh, my God. That was it. so funny to me. Like, dude, did you are you seriously? Did you just miss that cue? <laughs> <sighs> he did so hard. He missed it so much. 
And she just looks at him going, <laughs> and she just sips her wine. And yeah. she's just, oh boy, oh anyway. boy, what a and, dork, and right? The, the disappearing Jade was great. Yes, <laughs> my girlfriend. My girl, <laughs> right, perfect. She's oh, and so that was sly. That that competed for my my laugh out loud moment was when she goes, "No such man exists." Yeah. <laughs> Would you care? She's to very funny. She's very charming. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we yeah. see her, uh, uh, the the actress again, and more stuff. I think she's really yeah. nailed this role, and love to Great see some more range humor. Yeah, completely. So, all right, let's move on. Yeah, Jamie, Keely, and Roy. Oof. A depressed Jamie has lost his wings and breaks down in front of Roy. Concerned, Roy asks Keely to talk to Jamie. She does so without success. So she and Roy follow Jamie through Manchester to his mom's house. Roy and Keeley almost have a heart-to-heart in Jamie's childhood bedroom while staring at their own posters. Jamie has a meaningful discussion with his mom about how hating his dad motivated him and not caring about his dad has made him feel lost. At the match against Man City, Jamie is injured, decides to take Ted's advice and forgive his dad, and then pushes through to score the winning goal for Richmond, getting them one win away from the championship. The crowd in Manchester stops booing him and starts cheering. A lot of plot here. Yeah, and for the record, it's walnut mist. That's the color of his hair. Walnut mist. Walnut mist. <laughs> walnut mist. That yeah. can't be a real thing. <laughs> it's it's hey, it's it's a step up above uh, pupe. Pupe. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not using conditioner anymore. No, it's <laughs> so depressing. So so depressing. <laughs> that was a oh, that that vibe for a laugh out loud moment as well as uh, Will missing a good one. Those those yeah. were in consideration as well. Where are me ring- wings, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was. Uh, I love just just Roy going. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Um, yeah. I mean, I I like uh, Big Brother Roy here. That was really mm-hmm. great to see. Um, just this whole journey of Jamie uh, with his mother, who weirdly calls him her sexy little baby, yes. mm-hmm. um, baby. But um, yeah, no. But they clearly have a very close relationship. She gives him great advice. He he, you know, felt very welcome at home. I like that. I like that he had a good relationship with his stepdad, and they didn't add a layer of weirdness, especially when he already has a bad relationship with his real dad. He seems to be watching a lot of Great British Bake, sh- bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> I love even, that, though. The Paul even references Hollywood. the Paul Hollywood yeah. <laughs> recipe. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, for sure. That was good. And I think this was a really great turnaround with Jamie and Man City. I mean, Man City is yeah. the place he played when he got Richmond relegated. Mm-hmm. And then he left to do reality TV. They started to like hate him over there at Man City. He was with Richmond and they kept booing him every time he played them. And finally, he does a goal that's so respectable mm-hmm. that they're like, all right, I got yeah, to give you that one, buddy. Just I got to give you that one. And he finally gets the, the praise that he needed. And he was classy uh, by not doing the victory dance or anything like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. uh, it was just, it was a well-earned and, and, uh, Respect going both ways. Respect yeah. for the game. Yeah. Yeah. And what a I, turnaround from letting somebody slap his head instead of giving them a high five. I love <laughs> There were a great. lot of great ones in there, too, like him yeah. taking a picture of them yes, without instead of being, being in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cute. I thought one of the things that was interesting, too, was the contrasting uh, mother's, mothering styles, I guess you could say. Yeah. Here we have Jamie and his mom 
and they're cuddled up on the couch and she's stroking his hair and they're having this really open, honest conversation. He's sharing without being prompted. Right. Um, and so there's a real vibe there and a real unconditional love that mm-hmm. she is uh, showering on him. Whereas we have Ted's mom and he, you know he's got to he's got to tell her off right. to get to the truth. He has to suffer through they both sort of have to suffer through all these formalities and sort right. of the kabuki dance of of parent and child, adult parent or yeah, parent and adult child. Um and yeah, there's a lot of love there and obviously Ted is cut from that cloth. Um and again, we I think we're bleeding off to the side. I I think the point is showing these different styles of parenting, that there isn't one way to be a parent and there's not one way to be a child. They can all be uh, healthy, but yeah, you need that conversation. You need that interaction. You need that engagement. Right. And then we see it with Ted being away from his son, you know, that there's a, there's a downside to that. Right. You know, in all, for, for right. in, a, in a long-term thing. And so, yeah, it was just cool to see that these different parenting styles can can exist. And obviously they do. Uh, but yeah. just to see it on screen was very cool. Although I think that the show was clearly favoring one over the other. Mm, I don't know if I don't, favoring... I don't think they were favoring Dottie's parenting uh, <laughs> style. I think well, they were that, that goes to the, That goes to the poem, but, but maybe we should um, move on to the next section then. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Ted and Dottie. On his morning walk, Ted comes across his mother, Dottie. She tells him that she's been there a week, staying in a hostel with busy Australians. Ted asks her to stay, and there's a clear tension between mother and son. Dottie goes to work with Ted and meets Rebecca and the team, sharing tall tales about Ted's childhood to his dismay. Ted also learns that Nate would be willing to come back to Richmond and meets a mixed response from his coaching team. After returning home to Manchester, Ted confronts his mother about their relationship. Alternating between thank you and fuck you, he outlines the complexity (laughs) of his childhood. She then reveals that his son misses him, and Ted opens up about his fear of getting close to his son. They come to an understanding, and Dottie leaves before Ted wakes up, leaving a note behind and a loaf of sunflower bread, his favorite. So uh, I think it would be appropriate if we recite the uh, poem that May uh, recites to Ted when he's playing the pinball, because I think that really sets the, the whole thing for this. That's the perfect thing. It's, okay. the, it's called This Be the Verse by Philip Larkin. And I was not prior, I wasn't familiar with this prior, but maybe our friends in the UK or any of the other Commonwealth countries that are, are closely related to that educational system um, apparently, this is a thing in their culture oh. and, and, and is a known thing. So um, I would love to hear some feedback from folks about this poem, if this is something that you're familiar with. Um, so it starts off, they fuck you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can. 
and don't have any kids yourself. Well, John, I think <laughs> we're too late. We missed this verse because we've already procreated. And, and I know, well I our, know. Our parents' uh, ways. But what do you think of this poem? I didn't even realize it was a poem when she did it. I thought mm. she was just speaking to Ted. So uh, this is news to me. Oh, okay. But I think it's it was very appropriate dialogue in the moment, which is why I'm shocked <laughs> that it was a, a poem. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think we all... We all hope we do our best for our kids, and we all hope that we don't give them trauma. And I think that there's micro things that we're going to do that are going to stick with them. And all we can do is try to minimize that and try to apologize when we do it, right? And I think the problem with the Dottie style of parenting is you never actually get to that apology point, right? You never get Mm. to confronting the issue. You Mm. never get to trying to better yourself at all. You just keep going and you stay in constant motion so that you never have to think about what you did. Right, right. And that is, there's there's some grace to be given there too, because again, you know, what, what educational tools were they given or what models did they have? Modeling is such a huge part of parenting. Right, Um, right. And you know, we're in school, our kids are, at least my kid has been learning a lot of emotional intelligence stuff, learning what emotions are, how to manage them, how to observe them without engaging them. And that's actually made us better parents because, and and that we're aware of that, you know, we're trying to model good behavior and yeah, it's okay to be frustrated or have a crappy day and, you know, not be at your best, but then it's, your kids seeing you um, bounce back from that and apologize or correct, right. you know, right. stuff. And I think, you know, those prior generations, they didn't have any of that. And, right. and it was, it was uh, rub some dirt in it and push on through. Right. Um, and it's true. I, no matter what we, no matter our intentions, we're going to fuck up our kids. Right. It's, it's just going to happen because they're human. They're going to have their reactions. They're going to have their own thoughts. And they're gonna. There's things that are gonna be at cross angles to to us, and they have to also separate from us in some way and differentiate. Yeah. So yeah. it's it is messy. And like you said, the only thing we can do is just hope to have some grace and some love and to yeah to work on ourselves and have them see us working right. on ourselves. I think that's maybe we really go to important. therapy, Dottie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you, I went to therapy after my daughter was born. I mean, talk about a major life of it. Oh yeah, I've I've therapied, and I'm yeah. I'm actually currently in the market for a new therapist now because my insurance changed, <laughs> oh, and God. that is our healthcare system. But well, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the great things about this show is it's pro therapy, pro talk, thro- pro yes. authenticity uh, message, and and I think that's a really important thing that the show has brought forward. And yeah, fuck you, Dottie, for um, apologies for the swearing, but for not, I'm not being open to- We're rated explicit. Yes, we are. To working on yourself and being open to that, right? But she was open to hearing what Ted had to say. So that's right. huge. So anyway, right. you, I, I stepped in your tail there. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I stepped on yours. So, and also with you, <laughs> as they say. Um, yeah, so I guess what struck me is how similar Dottie was to Ted at the beginning of the series, other than maybe the tall tales. Cause I don't think Ted was ever really, you know, stretching the truth like that. Right. Yeah. But, um, but as far as the, you know, using humor and using levity to sort of distance yourself from people, that's absolutely season one, Ted Lasso. And 
now we're in season three. He's gone through a season and a half, almost two seasons of therapy. And he is able to reach out to his mom. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one who says to her, you know, are you, have you considered seeing someone and talking to somebody? Uh, and then when he, I think he really does try to initiate the conversation several times. Mm-hmm. And it's only when he's deeply frustrated that he finally resorts to shocking her mm-hmm. into listening. And that's a shame that he has to, to do that. But I think, um, I think that sometimes with that generation, you need to do that. Right. You know, you need to sort of, you need to sort of make them listen if you mm-hmm. want to be heard, because otherwise it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of effort to dissociate from what's actually going on. Mm. And to do it in different ways. I mean, if you want to hear a long discussion of patriarchy coping me- mechanisms, check out our podcast on with, <laughs> on uh, the Tombs of Atuman. Uh That's the book we got episode deep. three. Yeah, we got deep and, into that stuff. Yeah, you know, we talk about how you know Carol Gilligan, this, this scholar on um, uh, this this psychologist scholar on um, patriarchy and 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 how that affects your psychology. You know, talks about how women are sort of taught to dissociate from trauma and dissociate from loss by caregiving and men are taught to do that by detachment and Dottie is a caregiver right she Mm. is making two meals she is bringing up the clippings she's i can't i can't sleep on the bed no don't give me the bed no i'll just stay in the hostel i don't want to bother you you know it's it's all caregiving and it's all to keep ted at enough of an arm's length where they never have to talk about losing ted's dad Right. And that it's pain, it, a, a painful thing to confront all the guilt, the right. survival guilt. Why did he do it? What, you know, what did I do right. that led to that? So, yeah. So she's trying to bubble wrap him right. with humor and with uh, anecdote and, and, oh, yeah, like you said, always moving forward. And he modeled that. Right. He modeled that behavior and that's, that became one of his greatest strengths and makes him you know, a, a hugely successful coach, but it's not enough. Right. It's and not it enough. Distance himself from his wife. I yeah. think that that was that's the leading and cause his of the divorce. And yeah. his son. That's the leading cause of the, the divorce and the moving overseas is the fact that he could not have a genuine relationship because he was too afraid of losing someone. Right. And and then he was too hyper caring. And it was right. like, leave me alone. Like, right. Yeah, like I, I got to be able to do some stuff. And then now right. he's terrified to be close to his son. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. What did you think of that? Because I had always thought his fear was that he would be like his father mm. and be the one to leave. But I think here he says the opposite is yeah. I'm afraid my son's going to leave. That surprised me, actually. That framing surprised me coming out of Ted. I I guess the way I interpreted it is that being because of his own history, he's going to be the kind of dad that is just connected and and there. I don't want to say helicopter or smothering in, in a negative connotation, but he's going to be highly tactile and he's going to be highly involved and uh, really connected. And at some point, kids go off on their own, right? And and that is going to hurt when that he's, he's afraid of the pain. He's afraid of something that's not even happened yet. Um, and so he's shaping his life uh, based on a perceived future that is not yet even in existence. 
Um, but it's all wrapped up in the pain of his father. So he's reacting right. to the loss of his father by being and an overcompensating and being overclose with his son. But then his fear is the boomerang of that when his son goes off to go to college and go do, you know, or, or trade school or whatever it is that his son is going to do and go off and make his own way into the world. And he's afraid of that loss and that pain. That's the way I interpret it. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Um, but I'm glad they got some resolution. I'm glad they, you know, figured out what was going on. And, and clearly, uh, the, the impetus for Ted to return to the United States and to, to finish right. at Richmond. So, right. And I think it's right. I think it's time. He's, he's healed the team. Yeah. He's brought everybody together. He's what healed himself say? a lot. What is the, the, the coach, uh, the Manchester City coach says something Make sure the that end. they're the best selves on and yes. off the pitch. That's exactly what Ted said in his first, Ted, his first press conference as well. Exactly. So exactly. I'm sure they just gave him the line and he said it, but it was nice to hear it coming from somebody else. And, and uh, there was another line, I forget, I'm blanking who said it. Uh, it's not our team, we're just borrowing it for a little while. It right, really that, was, uh, that was Ted. That was Ted, that I Ted? think. Yeah. So, you know, again, same there. He's, he's, he knows his place. This isn't, his ego is not so folded up into the team that his identity right. can't separate from the team. He's made his mark. He's, you know, he's helped, you know, a, a whole fandom reconnect with the love of the game and through these, these athletes who are uh, stretching themselves out in the, in the field. Um, and when that work is done, yeah, I think it's 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 perfect timing for him to leave. I don't think that that's not the right thing to do. I think it's the right thing for him to do to go home. Right. And it feels uh, natural, I, and I'm glad. Exactly. And I'm nervous about this talk about spinoffs and sideshows, and it, it could go really it. badly. Yeah. If they do it right, though, and I, I do trust these writers to do it right. If they mm. did it right, I'd watch it. I'd, I'd at least try a spinoff of the show. Right. I might need a little break. I need to let okay. this one, you know, Well, I'm sure there will be a development period. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to jump right into it if they do it. Regardless of the writer's strike as it uh, right. is existing. Right, right. yeah, anyway, exactly. So. All right. It's time for listener feedback, David. Let's do it. We've got a couple uh, feedback items. One is from email. Another is from Discord. Oh, can I say one thing about Dottie? Yes, She's very right. Lottie Dottie. Lottie yeah. Dottie. Sorry, <laughs> she was very right about Trent Crim's hair. Other than that, let's get back to feedback. All right. She was very <laughs> right about Trent Crim's hair. All right. As we said, we're doing listener feedback. If you want to send in feedback, head to thelorehounds.com, click on the contact form, or send a voicemail. Uh, or you can send an email to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. And sometimes on our Discord server, we just pull some messages from there because they're just so good. Today, We've got a couple items. The first is from email from Tim W. Dear David and John, writing to you from the UK. And before I go into thoughts on Ted Lasso, just wanted to say a big thank you for all your work you put into your podcast. Been listening to you since Rings of Power and have really enjoyed all the podcasts looking in depth at the world of Middle Earth. Oh, and a big thank you. Without listening to you, I don't think I would have, I would have watched Andor. And it is some of the best television I've seen in a long time. We've got nice. a standor over here. Nice double high five here uh, for Tim W. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's it. I, I think back to those heady days of Rings of Power and Andor when we were fresh, newly minted podcasters. 
making our way into the world so long ago. And now we're at over 100 episodes. Oh, my lordy lord. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy time. Anyway, Ted Lasso, you were right last week when you said the Super League was something that clubs thought about doing. A couple of years ago, a group of owners, including those of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, and a few other big clubs, announced their intention to form a European Super League of sorts. It was not received well. To understand the fallout, this would have caused you to have to look at the entire picture of European football. Every country has its own league system with relegation and promotion. In England, there are something like seven tiers with the Premier League being the top division. There are similar systems in the other countries. Each country has a governing body that is responsible for various things. And then above that, you have the UEFA. UEFA? UEFA. Oh, man. UEFA. You, you have to pronounce that? That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, football is weird. Uh, which are European, the European governing body who run their own cup competitions. The top one of these is the Champions League. The Champions League is dope. That's where, okay. yeah, the top. Uh, it's kind of a super league in and of its own way. So, All right. Nice. Uh, in England, uh, at the moment, the top four teams in the Premier League from the previous season will get to compete in the Champions League the following year. When the Super League was announced, it was essentially seen as those clubs trying to subvert that in a cash grab. They feel they don't get enough money from competing in the Champions League. I remember UFA, UEFA UEFA uh, stated that any club entering the Super League would not be allowed to complete in the Champions League. And I'm pretty sure that the Premier League also said the same thing. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, most lower divisions rely on revenue in a sort of trickle-down way. Teams actually get parachute payments if they get relegated to a lower league to ensure that they can survive on less revenue while they readjust. That's cool. I like that. Because yeah. otherwise, if you get relegated, yeah. you could just spiral down. Right. Whereas you, you need some, what you need at that point is coaching and talent and whatever right. else. And that takes resources. And if you're, right. your ticket sales and all that stuff are down. So that's cool. I like to hear yeah. that they have that. And I remember there were conversations in season two where Rebecca was, you know, concerned, you know, we're paying Premier League salaries to uh, mm. a championship league team. There is also just the general fan feeling to take into account. This was seen as a middle finger to competitions as the teams wouldn't face the jeopardy of relegation as it would be by invitation. A lot of small clubs also hope one day they'll get to play a big team in the domestic com competitions. Uh, as the revenue from th that one game can sometimes equal an entire season's. Wow. I think the idea survived about 24 hours. The backlash from <laughs> everyone was so big, the idea became toxic. Virtually every owner ended up apologizing. Wow. Let's pause yeah. there because that's the end of the Super League discussion. Uh -huh. David, what do you think? Uh, I didn't know anything about the Super League uh, existence. Um, we had some pretty vigorous chatter on the Discord about it. Uh, and I think it all comes up to the point of it would have been a major disruption and a big destabilizing factor in it. I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, like in the NFL or or the NBA, if the top team was suddenly like it would change everything and change everyone's perceptions. And I don't know that it would do anybody any good. Even but you bring the up the run. NFL and and you know American teams. We kind of do have a super league. We don't relegate. We don't promote. We don't relegate. We don't allow lower league teams to compete with 
how upper league teams, I mean, we we do have a non-merit system when it comes to sure. where your team is in the rankings. And so I think this idea of a super league sounds less offensive to us because it's just kind of what we have over here on mm. almost every sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, they're like, man, no, we got competition. And in the right. world, you know, in, the, in Europe, they they have competition. You can, and I, I really like that idea. I like the idea that a team can really work hard and earn their way into the top into the right. top spot because you know you can you can be a player in America in an American sport and get promoted you know get hired by a major league team but th- you can't be a team and do that and that's something that i think it it inspires individuality and it inspires focusing on your individual performance more than your team performance and mm. i don't know if that's right I don't know if that's the right way to go, but it is very American to focus on like the individual success over the team success. Yeah, it is. It is true. And, and you're right. We do have a very locked in system for any of our pro sports and to, to open up a new franchise is pretty tough and yeah. And we don't go anywhere. It's the, the Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. That's it. Nobody else is playing it. Where with soccer, you can go around the world and play and there's, right. there's leagues and games everywhere. So as a player, you have a lot of room and then, yeah, then you have something like uh, the premier league and then the champions league. And then you have uh world cup, you know, so you can play for your national team that, as we saw last episode. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really dynamic and diverse system. So yeah. trying to then carve off a piece of that, and say, oh, it's a it's it's a private community in the middle of our public square. It's yeah, right. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. It's not great. It's not yeah. a great look. Not I'm glad look. that it got shut down because it's nice to see that there are parts of the world where you can still, you know, you, you be the team working hard. You you work your way up in that in that league and you end up at the top, just like mm. Richmond. Right. All right. More thoughts. A couple of thoughts on Ted Lasso itself. One thing I picked up quite early uh, was whether Jamie was fully redeemed. I think it was the first episode he finds out that Keely and Roy have split up. Both of them walk away from him in different directions, and for that split second, the camera makes you think he's going to follow Keely. After all he did, declare his feelings for her last season. Instead, he walks after Roy to check on him. It was only then I was convinced he was completely changed. Mm, In the first pick. few minutes of episode 11, I actually started to get annoyed at how little they have paid to re- Nate's redemption arc this season. I know that was expressed on the pod last week, but I it felt like another extreme this week when the episode started with the team just asking him back out of nothing. Uh, but then on the sideline during the game, Ted says to Jamie that Jamie could forgive his dad because you aren't giving him anything, you're doing that for yourself. Mm. Is that Nate's redemption? Have we seen, uh, sorry, we have seen him change, albeit not very much in screen time. Are the writers telling us that he hasn't got to make the same sort of gesture because Ted forgave him a long time ago? The story Beard tells Nate would suggest that. Shout out to Brendan Hunt. He's always so good, but the scene with Nate was brilliant. Let's pause there. Uh, this this comparison of the redemption arc mm. between Jamie and Nate. What do you think, David? Um, it's interesting. The, this question of forgiveness. Nate 
did, you know, the, the transgression on Nate's part was outing Ted's mental health when he didn't have permission or, you know, uh, an, an okay to do that. So the, the violation was there. Ted chose to forgive him very early on because he didn't want to carry that anger around with him. Right. That millstone of resentment and anger around his own net. He was like, okay, he did what he did. He's got to live with those consequences. Nate has to figure out how to um, make that right. He's got to, he has to come clean to Ted, not for Ted's sake, but for his own sake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Jamie. Jamie's got to come right for his own sake. He can still be angry at his dad, but it's not working anymore. Right. And he can either accept, not uh, acceptance isn't the same as, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Approval. Approval. Yeah. 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 You know, you, you could still do something bad. I accept that, you know, I accept the facts. You did this terrible stuff. You were a shitty dad and that was the way it was. And I can be trapped in the world of what should have been as opposed to what is. So that acceptance. So does mm, Jamie's dad still need to account for what Jamie's dad did? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that Jamie has to carry that forward anymore. So how does that play out with Nate? I, you know, same thing. I mean, he, he's, he's got to, if he wants to get free of it, he's got to figure out how to do that. And part of that is to have a um, conversation with Ted and ask for the forgiveness or to apologize or to say, I know I hurt you and these are the ways that it hurt right. and I'm sorry right. for that. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a, way that you apologize. Right. He's got to apologize. He has to acknowledge the harm for as much as t forgiveness as Ted has given. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting, I think, ultimately to see how Nate handles it because it's really in his court to be able to do it. Well, the only thing that's stopping him from going back to Richmond is himself. The invitation's there. Well, I mean, well, I, I mean, Beard gave him a job, so that's it. It's done. He's got a, he's, but if he's going to be an effective coach, He's got to get clear with Ted, and it's for Nate to initiate that conversation right. and not make anybody else suffer. Because we saw what happened with um, Ted and his mom, where she never initiated the conversation. And so it all built up that resentment in Ted for all these years, and he finally had right. to sort of uh, force the issue. Right. So it's not fair for Nate to make anybody else be awkward around this. Nate has to come clean in some way so that everybody can be on the same page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I hope that there is a genuine interaction between Ted and Nate next episode. I hope they can sell it to me because I, again, I think it was a bit rust this season. I hope that they can tie it up. Well, they did telegraph it right, right at the beginning yeah. where yeah. they had the little Lego figures and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to be there. I think so. Right. Good. Uh, Tim closes with a PS and says, please cover shrinking. Uh, Bill Lawrence, Brett Goldstein are producing this and it's very good. Yeah, did I, I, I did not finish it, but I really liked what I saw. Um, okay. Maybe we'll do season two. We'll, we'll put it on the on the consideration table. Yeah, we'll see. We're see we, we've got a we might have a gap for um, for yeah. uh, for this yeah. style of show. Do you want me to pick up the uh, Fred from Discord? Yeah. OK. Um, Fred says this show, man. This show, I can see how Nate's resolution was a bit fast or head spinning, but I thought Beard's revelation landed hard. I totally agree. 
He always uh, has been a character we know has had some interesting past and makes addictive choices. And I've wondered for a while now how he and Ted fell in together. The story makes complete sense. And yeah, it makes sense to give Nate the second chance, even if they aren't sure he's earned it. At least it does to me. I think Ted considered him a friend. And sometimes you give a friend a second chance and uh, that's aspirational. You hope and then you see. Would have I enjoyed the redemption starting sooner? Maybe. Really, what I'd prefer is one more season and Nate quitting West Ham in the season three finale after making improvements through the season, leaving the next season to rebuild what he broke with Ted. But if we're not getting that, I like this version. Sometimes you pick up the phone and you call your friend even when you're still pissed at them. The bigger question is, um, does the show have the guts for Roy, Keeley, and Jamie to end it <laughs> in an ethically non-monogamous <laughs> situation? That story could end a lot of ways, but it's definitely one of them. I, I don't know. That, they, yeah. Woo. I mean, I'm between, into it. Let's do it. Between uh, Roy's hairy body and Jamie's smooth <laughs> uh, walnut. All right. Uh, Enough about friction. <laughs> Uh, I think we should give Fred a writing job on the writer's room for season four of Ted Lasso. I think we should redo okay. season three All right. and then do the setup. I really do agree. And you were, you were hinting to some of this as well earlier on. I really Split do see um, yeah. uh, that that would have been a great cliffhanger of Nate walking out of Rupert's office, right. going, I'm done. And then boom, boom, boom. And then we right. ha- would have season four of Nate trying to rebuild and find himself. Finding yeah. love and and you know honest work as a as a waiter that would have been a good uh, arc for for season four but yeah I it, also get it especially with this twelve episode season it already felt Oof. long and it felt and and also the episodes are really long too long compared to too, the, yeah. the last season yeah. so it felt it felt a little bit like they were trying to jam two seasons of plot into one season mm-hmm. and I think that we saw that and I. I think it's still been an enjoyable experience. I don't want to, you know, talk yeah, bad no, about no, the show not too negative, much because yeah. I, I'm really, I really am enjoying it. I just, I think it would have been a little better if they would have taken their time a little more. And that would have given, given Shandy and Jack both a little bit more time to breathe. Right. They could have, they yeah. could have stretched those out. You have a little all bit. the side plots you want if you have two seasons. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. So I'm sure Apple TV would have uh, was very yeah. sad to learn that they only wanted to go three seasons. Yeah. Four would have been nice. I, I agree with you, Fred. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up for today. Again, send us your uh, takes for the series, for the season, and for the final episode, lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or go to our website. uh, And I'm sure we'll be watching our Discord server link in the show notes below. Shout out to our Patreons. Patreons? Patreonians? Yeah, I don't know. They're Mancusians. The, the, the Patriots the Nannies. <laughs> our Patriot stands. <laughs> Samartian, they being Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter O H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duv71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, and DJ Miwa. They are our lore masters, our top tier Patreons. Thank you to all of our patrons uh, because you guys help keep us rolling forward. We've got a big thank you gift in production. We're going to send that out to everyone who is a subscriber at the end of July 
to commemorate our one-year podcasting anniversary. We've got three or four other um, goodies that we're going to add to our Patreon tiers as well, and we'll start announcing those next month. Um, John, you've got a couple of programming notes for the remaining days of May. Not too much left, but we've got, uh, again, Barry, the season finale. Uh, we've got the season finale, series finale of uh, uh, White House Plumbers. They, those are both our weekly shows in addition to Ted Lasso. And then we have a Silmarillion Stories episode coming out next week with Aaron from Lore of the Ring. So check that out on the feed. Great conversations all around. And uh, one more note, we have a new network affiliate, Alicia, who's doing a podcast on the Apple TV Plus Mystery Box show. So you've already got Apple TV. You're on the Ted Lasso podcast. Check out Silo. Check out it's Silo. a great show. Yeah, It's a very different vibe, but it's Check a great show. Check out Alicia's podcast. And yeah, you can find that Necessary podcast reading, in the show notes. Listening. Yep. And uh, she's doing a great job. She's doing differences between the show and the book. She's doing some deep dives on sort of the lore of it. And, really nicely uh, I'm, balanced too. Yeah, so you're not yeah. getting book spoilers, but you're getting interesting creative differences right. between the two right. properties. So she's done uh, similar to what we did, I think, with The Last of Us. Is she's doing the source material up to the point you're at in the show, right? And uh, I think that's and, a great way to do it because it, it sort of saves you from spoilers while still getting the benefit of knowing the source material. And her co-host uh, Luke has not seen it, so they're doing that. Uh, uh, nice setup where you get both perspectives and and both reactions. And Luke's on our Discord as well, and I think he's going to do some live posting as he's watching the episodes on Friday. Oh, very so, cool! Yeah, it's very, very cool. cool. All right, well, check that out. Yeah, and we should have our June schedule up soon. We've got the scheduling, the programming is all done, uh, and I'll be posting some messages on the Discord and uh, on our Patreon page as well to let everybody know what we've got going on in June, and then we'll be giving you regular updates as we go. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies, Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.